Welcome to episode 375 of the Property Nomads podcast, the last ever travel episode uh, that we do on this podcast. As you're probably uh, aware now that the Property Nomads brand podcast itself is going to be transforming into the contrarian capitalist in the near future. And as a result of that, that means that all the travel episodes that we've done, they, they do not need to be continued because of the switch over a brand and the fact that we're going to start focusing more on macroeconomic content. Maybe over the years, there'll be a bit more travel come back into the show, especially when it comes to second passports and you know experiences abroad when we're out and about living those experiences um but for now uh, this is the under the property nomads podcast this is the last travel episode and i'm gonna dive straight in and say that it's about top six favorite train journeys in the uk for those of you you wouldn't expect any less would you it has to be about trains of course this last episode these are in no particular order. Uh, these are train journeys that have been done over the years, and they're all they're all special for their own reason. Uh, they're all up here in this list because of the astonishing scenery, the fact that you're able to just look out the window for a couple of hours and just enjoy the views, enjoy everything that you can, and really, it's a nice way to be able to sit back, relax. Uh, provided the rest of the passengers aren't noisy little kids running up and down the trains. And also, if you get the opportunity to do any of these journeys, uh, they are all highly recommended, and you can potentially get uh, specific rail tickets for these journeys, i.e. rather than just buy uh, a single ticket or return ticket, you might be able to get what you might call a, a rail rover, uh, which is a a ticket for a particular uh, area of the country that normally actually works out to be cheaper than just getting a, a walk-on single or anything like that. Now, these are in no particular order, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I wouldn't say I have a, a number one, but we'll start with the Cumbrian coastline. So if you're lucky enough to get on the train from Carlisle down to... Lancaster and if you do that and you go the long way you will go around the Cumbrian coastline so you will go around places such as Maryport, Workington, Whitehaven, you'll go past Sellerfield as well, uh, you'll end up down in Barrow in Finesse and then from there, unless you've got a direct train, you can then get a train through to either Lancaster or Preston. The, the scenery is astonishing. If you're traveling from Lancaster and Barrow up to Carlisle, sit on the left-hand side, because uh, you will just be looking at the Irish Sea, basically. And of course, flip reversal. If you're traveling from Carlisle, sit on the right-hand side, uh, the 
the journey is wonderfully slow. Just absolutely superb, great scenery. Another really good train journey is the Settled Carlisle line, uh, but I put down Leeds to Carlisle. So that's a full route. So again, you go through the Yorkshire Dales. You will not necessarily go through, but you'll see the North Pennines. You'll go across the famous Ribblehead Viaduct as well. Journey's about three and a half hours. And again, with special tickets, you can get on and get off anywhere that you want. If you get a chance to get off at Ribblehead, which is the nearest station towards uh, the Ribblehead Viaduct, again, you can get out and about and have a re very good look. It's one of the most impressive railway structures that we have here in the UK, and it's well worth taking time off of your journey to have a walk around the site as well. And you'll also go through a station called Dent, which is uh, supposedly the highest station, I believe, in the UK. So that is the Leeds to Carlisle line, uh, sometimes known to as the Settle and Carlisle Railway. Highly recommend it. I just want to point out that with the Cumbrian coastline and Leeds to Carlisle, they're both operated by Northern Rail at the time of recording. And uh, I remember years ago when I done both of those lines, uh, Northern were doing a £10 all day ticket. So the value at, at the time was uh, phenomenal. Uh, but look out for that. I don't know if Northern Rail still do those promotions. Um, maybe check them out. Moving on, uh, Newcastle to Edinburgh. Now, it's very easy to say East Coast Mainline, anything that goes up from London King's Cross all the way up to Edinburgh Waverley. Uh, some of the sceneries are right. But really, when you get out of Newcastle and you're snaking up towards Edinburgh, again, scenery is remarkable. You go through some extraordinary places. Uh, Annick, Berwick-upon-Tweed, so you can go across the River Tweed, uh, across the, I think it's called the Royal Border Bridge, if memory serves correctly. And then from there, you pretty much follow the A1 route up towards Dunbar in Scotland before going slightly inland and heading towards Edinburgh. The great thing about this particular bit of railway is one and a half hours, two hours, and you, you're sitting on the right side of the train. You are just looking at the North Sea. And it's tranquil. It's it's rocky. It's riggedy. Sorry, rickety. Uh, the coastline, I mean. It's just, it is just absolutely extraordinary. If you're going from Newcastle to Edinburgh, try and sit on the right-hand side of the train. If you're going from Edinburgh down to Newcastle, try and sit on the left-hand side of the train. It truly is a remarkable couple of hours of railway journey. Moving on into Scotland. Scotland is just brilliant. For railways, for scenic railways, Scotland is absolutely delightful. I will say with Scotland, you can get a, I believe it's called an All of Scotland Rail Rover, 
and that will give you either four days in eight or eight days in 15. It's possible they do a 15 in 30 days. So you can explore all of what Scotland's got to offer by rail. And it's no surprise that these last three lines are here and uh, it would be wrong of me for it would be wrong of me to not include them in this list so here they are the far north line so the far north line goes from inverness all the way up to thurzo it is lovely and slow it's about four and a half to five hours you will be looking again at the north sea a lot of the way you'll be swerving in and out of of, of towns and villages, uh, Dingwall, uh, Brora, I believe, uh, all of these, you know, wonderful far-flung places. You will also go through some of the least used stations uh, in the UK and also some of the most sporadic stations in the UK as well, all the way up to Thurzo. Thurzo is the most northern UK rail station that we have. If you go there and back in one day, it's doable. It's a very long day, but uh, anywhere in the when they had the summer sun, i.e. between April and October, again, it, it's well worth it. If you time your trains properly, you'll get a couple of hours to walk around in Thurzo. It's not enough time to go and see John O'Groats, unfortunately. Well, you could also stay overnight in Thurzo if you really want and take it at your own leisure doesn't really matter whether you sit on the left or right here. Uh, the thing that's most enjoyable about most enjoyable, sorry, about this line is that it's quite sparsely ridden. So you're not going to be flooded with loads of tourists. You might get a few locals there, but uh, nine times out of ten, the trains aren't going to be packed out. So you, you might end up having a carriage to yourself if you're lucky. But again, look out the window, grab a, grab a quick picnic before you travel and just enjoy the scenery as you meander in and out of the highlands in Scotland. And of course, if you're in Inverness and you're basing yourself in Inverness, then it will give you very good reason to do the next line, which is the Kyle line. And that runs from Inverness to a place called the Kyle of Lacouche, which is about two and a half hours to the west of Inverness. You will go past or to the side of quite a lot of locks funnily enough and uh, that includes the lock alsh hence the name kyle of lacouche a uh, lock long i believe is another lock that you go past as well uh, you'll see some very obscure castles again in the middle of nowhere and again you meander in in and out of the highlands it's very easy to do in a day, two and a half hours there, two and a half hours back. Not a lot to see and do in doing in Kyle of Lacouche, to be perfectly honest with you. But if you're turning up, having a a bit of lunch, a coffee, you could easily burn a couple of hours there as you're waiting for the train on the way back. And if, again, you're on a good day, just to sit and look at the, uh, the Lacouche itself, it's just such a tranquil experience. But that being said, there's also a few places uh, that you can stop off uh, as well. If you want to make more of a day of it, there's some uh, castles on the way at, at particular stations. Uh, the name eludes me. 
at this point in time. Um, so you don't have to just go to Carla Vukaush and back. You can stop off at other places as well. There's about five or six trains a day, so you're not exactly going to be stuck in the middle of nowhere all day long. Uh, finally, that leads me on to the last line. Um, now, it could have been... It could have basically said Fort William to Oban, could have done anywhere on the West Highland Line, as it's known, but I'm just going to say the West Highland Line. So anywhere between Glasgow, Queen Street and Oban or Malag. Now, the key thing you want to do this for, again, is the scenery, but also the very famous Glenfinnan Viaduct. Uh, for those that love their Harry Potter, you'll be very familiar with this viaduct. The viaduct itself is on the section of line between Fort William and Malag. That is the true West Highland line. But I'm just going to put anywhere between Glasgow and Oban and Fort William and Malague up there, purely because it, it truly is the most remarkable of all UK rail journeys that you can do. Not easy to do this in a day, especially if you want to stop and explore. Again, go back to recommending the Rail Rover for Scotland. So again, you can just take these journeys at a canter rather than rush around all the time. It's quite nice being sat on a train for a long period of time, but then at the same time, it could be quite exhausting and not necessarily good for your back. So, but then maybe that's my old age showing. If you're going to do the whole hog, you would normally depart from Glasgow Queen Street. Uh, the train then often splits at a place called Cryan-Larrick. Apologies uh, for my bad pronunciation. Uh, part of the train will go off to Oban and the other part will either go up to Malague or Fort William, where you change at Fort William for Malague. It depends who's on strike, what trains are running and what the line's like at the time. But it truly is the best piece of railway in, in the UK. And that's not just from a looking out the window point of view, but also from a generic construction point of view. Uh, hats off to the Victorians for building so many railways and, and overcoming all these engineering challenges and issues that they would have been faced with at the time, going over locks, going through, you know, mountains, et cetera, et cetera. As I mentioned at the start, uh, the podcast will be changing uh, very, very soon. Um, there'll be a bonus episode going in due course. But I just want to say a massive thank you to you for listening to the content. Hopefully you've got some great use out of it. And, or if you've been spending time in the gym or however you listen to this podcast, uh, we really appreciate the love and support that you've shown for the podcast, for everything else that we do as well. Uh, it's been an honour to record these travel episodes. Uh, but to be fair, all, all the property episodes and other episodes as well. And as mentioned at the start, we will get back to travel at some point as and when we're actually out and about uh, doing what we're doing and, and, and living 
and living our respective lives. So, you know, you will get updates about places that we go to on holidays or places that we're living at, uh, things like second passports, uh, bigger macro strategies and all of those sorts of things. But uh, it would be wrong of me not to thank you. So really from the bottom of my heart, uh, from Aaron, uh, from Simon, for, you know, from the podcast team themselves, thank you for sticking with the Property Nomads podcast. The new podcast will still be on the same feed. You'll just see it under a different logo and a different name and, and slightly different content and macroeconomic geopolitical content and, uh, you know, my personal fight against the world coming up on the contrarian capitalist. But until then, thank you very much. And if you haven't done these train journeys before, go and do them. Just to recap, in no particular order, it's the Cumbrian coastline, Leeds to Carlisle, Newcastle to Edinburgh, the Far North Line, so Inverness to Thurso, the Kyle Railway Line, so Inverness to Kyle of Lacouche, and then Glasgow to Malague or to Oban. Any, any of that line um, is remarkable. So go and uh, enjoy what the UK has to offer. Uh, rail travel, I, I love rail travel, as you know. Uh, I'm also not a fan of it in terms of the politics behind it and how the Department of Transport get involved too often for my liking. But all that being said, plop me on a train, look out the window, and there's something very beautifully simplistic about it. And these opportunities are available to all of us. I recommend you take them and enjoy the scenery, enjoy what this country has to offer um, as well. Sometimes we ignore what's on our own doorstep so go out and enjoy those journeys. And uh, for the final time on the travel episode, hasta luego.